Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with eXp. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Hey, welcome. Thanks for that introduction, Autumn. I'm Tom Meyer. I'm coming to you live from Madison, Wisconsin. And I was just telling Lexi that we're having a blizzard. And that's a typical February. We get a lot more snow here in February than we do in December. Where's everybody tuning in from? Looks like uh, maybe all over the country. Bay Area, Northern California. Okay. Jess, thank you. Jess, the Bling Realtor. I watched one of your shows. I saw you. I saw ah, I, you do uh, social media, right? Yeah. Great. How's that going? Awesome. I just got a, a couple more referrals um, this week from it. So I've been really dedicated to it the last maybe six or eight months. And I'm going to uh, pretty much invest most of my time into video. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So everything works if you work at it, right? Uh, hey, I'm going to just, I'm going to get started. I should be able to share my screen with you right now. And let's see. Let's see what I might be sharing. I appreciate you giving me some of your time, everybody. And I'm going to do my best in the next 30 minutes to give you some ideas that that may help you um, attract a client or, or two. And I started doing this um, about a dozen years ago. And I've been in the real estate business since 1989. Um, I started when things were much easier than they are today. Uh, the competition was a lot less. And also the average sale price was something somewhere in the neighborhood of $70,000. Uh, things have changed, obviously, in a number of years. Um, but one of the things that hasn't changed is the need for knowledge. and when I when I uh, started making this presentation in a in a much larger company, I was in a larger company, and I started making this presentation and trying to um, encourage agents who were getting started to gain knowledge before going out and learning on the job. And what I realized was, we work with contracts, no matter what it is that uh, what part of the what part of uh, what we're doing, there's a contract involved. And one of the things that would keep some newer agents from getting out and getting started was their confidence with working with the contracts. Um, jumping in and learning on the job requires that people are going to pay the price as we learn our lessons along the way. 
so what I wanted to talk about today was beginning with working with home sellers. And we know from we know from our experience that when a person puts their house on the market, they are they have expectations, right? I'm my my theory is that everyone sells their home for the same reason. What they want to do is they want to turn their equity into cash so they can do the next thing that they have planned in their life. If you haven't sold a house recently, you might have missed the opportunity for the lesson. So for the lesson that we want to learn to be able to share, to give us that experience to go to work for somebody else. When we sell our house, there's a there's an expectation of financial profit and also of a smooth transaction. When we look at our equity, the threats to our equity is everything that we have to pay along the way from the time that we get that ex that accepted offer until we close. What are the expenses? Some of those expenses are easy to see. Traditional closing expenses, the buyer agent fee, credits to the buyer, all of those things shrink the equity. And remember, the equity is what, the, what we're looking for when, when we sell our house. Everybody has two expectations, is my, is my belief. One is the expectation that this is going to be a smooth transaction. The second is that this is going to be a profitable transaction. Not, and they're not necessarily in that order. But every time we meet with a homeowner, we're talking to people who have expectations, but not everybody who has an expectation is at the table. There are all kinds of people that have an expectation in a real estate transaction. Think about this. The next time you sit down, you sit down with uh, somebody who's going to sell their house. You've got you may have the the homeowners sitting in front of us, but in the background, there's ch possibly children who have expectations. If the person is moving from here to another place, for example, somebody is going to put their house on the market uh, because they're taking a job in another state. Let's say they're moving from, in my case, from Wisconsin to California. And one of the reasons that they're moving to California is they want to be closer to family. Well, there's some other people who have expectations and they're not sitting at the table. And that might be the parents or family members who live there. In addition, if they're taking a position to move from here to work somewhere else, the employer has some expectations also. The employer's expectations are coming down on top of that home seller as well. Um, I, I work with uh, oftentimes but as you do, work with people who have families, they have children, they, uh, young children have expectations, teenagers have expectations. Have you ever uh, just imagine moving, uh, making a decision to move from here to there for a job that benefits you, but you've got teenagers who have to uproot and leave everything behind. They have expectations too. So there's a lot of threats to a smooth transaction that are happening um, outside of what we are 
involved with as the real estate agent. We look at the transaction as we're going to put the house on the market by this time. We're going to do this, this, and this. And then we're going to have people come look at the house and then we're going to have offers to present. Well, while all those things are going on, there's all kinds of other stresses happening around our clients. So I look at it this way and say, lurking in the weeds are threats to the profits that a person has their eyes on and threats to the expectations that they have. These are the kind of things that we as licensees can be best prepared to resolve. But how do we get that? How do we get that appointment? In some cases, in some cases, we don't even get the opportunity to sit down. I, let's say, for example, um, a homeowner is going to interview three different agents and decide who they're going to who they're going to interview. So they start asking questions. And one of the questions, probably the most common questions, the question that homeowners are in tune to ask is, well, how long have you been selling real estate? Or how many houses have you sold in my neighborhood? They're asking questions about situations. They're asking questions about basic facts that probably don't have a lot to do with the agent's ability to protect their profit and expectations. You know, that question of experience to me is so far off, off track of what the owner really wants to know. They want to know if we have some value and our value is our ability to protect what matters most to them. So again, I'm going to assume that without having a conversation with somebody yet, I'm going to assume that what's most important to them is protecting their equity and making this transaction smooth and safe. Experience is time on the job. This is, I, I consider that I have some experience. I started in 1989. I might be able to say I've got X number of years of experience, but experience is just time on the job. Anybody can gain 30 years of experience in the real estate business by getting a real estate license, paying the fee every two years, continue, finishing continuing education and continuing to pay the fees. So experience to me is misleading. And I'll give you an example of the captain of the Titanic, Captain Ed Smith had experience. He had 40 years at sea and 27 years in command. What's more important? What would be more important, experience or knowledge about, about uh, icebergs? If an owner wants to talk about experience, for example, and we know that they do because everybody's been coached to ask that question, look for the most experienced agent. How do we change that conversation from experience to knowledge? What we really want to talk about is we want that conversation to be about knowledge. What do I know that can help you protect your equity and make this a smooth transaction? 
Have you heard of the author Neil Rackham? Uh, years ago, he wrote a book called Spin Selling. And spin selling is spin is an acronym for situation questions, problem questions, implication questions, and need analysis questions. Neil Rackham contends that in the sales process, we're all really good and comfortable with asking situation questions. And situation questions would be something like, what's going on? What's the situation? When are you moving? Uh, Who's all involved? Why are you moving? Those type of questions. Those are easy questions to ask, but they don't get the owner talking about the things that that are important, that are really important to them. And so the next level questions becomes more become more complicated. The next level question is problem questions. And these would be, what happens if, for example, the first question might be, when do you want to be? where you're going, you're moving from, you're moving from Kansas City, Missouri to Madison, Wisconsin. When do you want to be there? Well, we want to be there by the time school starts in August, end of August. Okay. Well, the next question would be to take that to a higher level would be, well, what happens if you're not there by then? Who is going to, who's being transferred? Well, my wife is being transferred. She is going to start her position at the end of July. We want to make sure that we're there by uh, the time school starts. Well, what happens if you're not there by the time school starts? Well, if at that point, that question leads to implications. Well, if we're not there by that by then, then we're going to have this problem. Getting into problem questions and letting the seller start to discover the implications and discuss and explain to us what the implications are is an indication that that's a situation, that's a problem that we need to solve. And I'll give you an example of how important that is. If the client says this is a problem, then it's a problem. But if I say, well, if you don't have your house sold by the end of July, that would be a problem. And the owner says, no, that not necessarily. That wouldn't be a problem. I don't have a situation. I don't have a problem to solve because they said that's not a problem. The theory behind Neil Rackham's uh, book and his, his thoughts on these questions is that we think we know what the problems are. But if if the if the client doesn't believe that's a problem, then it's not a problem for us to solve. So one of the one of the skills, a knowledge that anyone can attain, is the skill to be able to ask these questions, the situation questions, move on to the problem questions, the what happens if, how will this affect you, who will be affected. And getting into those conversations allows us to control that conversation to move away from things that either we aren't relevant because my level of experience isn't relevant if I can't solve a person's uh, real problems. If my level of experience is relatively low, 
but I can solve the problems that they have because I've been able to identify those problems as they see them. I'm, I'm able to help them think deeply about the problems and about the, the situation in, at a level where they start to see this is a real issue that I need solved. Now I can ask for permission to provide a solution to that problem. The real question that we want to have the conversation on isn't how much experience do I have, even if even if I have a lot of experience. That's not really the question I want to answer, because as much experience as I have, there's always somebody else out there who's got one more day experience than I do. Right. The question that we really want to be discussing and we want to get to answering is for the owner to want to know what it is that I know that will help them protect their profits and their expectations. What do I know that's going to help them increase their profit? And what do I know that's going to get them from here to where they want to be on time, safely, with the least amount of stress? You know, clients pay for knowledge. They also pay for a lack of knowledge. Of all the knowledge that we can acquire, real estate is still a contract negotiating business, right? A lot of people get into real estate not because they're interested in working with real estate contracts. Some of us do. Real estate contracts are complex today. Every problem, and you know this from being an experienced agent, every problem that you encounter in a transaction can be traced back to whatever is in the agreement between the buyer and the seller. Fortunately for us, real estate purchase agreements are full of high-risk conditions, high-risk for the seller. If you've taken, if you take some time to take a look at your offer to purchase and the uh, contingency addenda that um, your company uses and that other companies may use, uh, you will see that the purchase agreement is designed to protect the buyer from having to close on the terms of the agreement. Does that make sense? If you think about every contingency, every contingency is either an exit opportunity or an opportunity for the buyer to renegotiate. And we really saw this apparent in this, in this uh, escalating market that we had in the last few years with high competition. Offers to purchase with high purchase prices loaded with contingencies were very, it was very unlikely in, in many cases that that high purchase price was ultimately going to be the price that a person paid. By giving a homeowner a high purchase price and loading that contract with contingencies gave 
buyers the opportunity to move aside the competition, get further down the road, and then renegotiate based on the conditions of the offer. Fortunately for us, this is an opportunity for us today. A few years ago, somebody sent this to me. This is a uh, real estate purchase contract from 1976 in San Diego. It's a one-page document, okay? We've come a long way. We've come a long way from them. Look how simple things used to be. Well, they aren't that way anymore. Today, purchase agreements favor the buyer. And as I said, they're loaded with contingencies and conditions that protect the buyer from having to close on those terms. I like to say that offers to purchase are full of traps. They're full of high-risk contingencies and hidden consequences. And that's where the value, our value, our value opportunity exists. All offers pose some threats to the security of the owner and to their profits. This is a, an actual contingency that was pulled from an offer to purchase. We've all seen escalation clauses, right? Let me see if maybe I can make this a little bit bigger. Back that out. Now move into it. Okay. Back out a little bit. Okay. Take a look at this at this uh, contingency. This was an acceleration clause. It was in an offer purchase dated March twenty fifth, two thousand eighteen. So even way back then we had competition. So we know what an escalation clause is, right? Escalation clause says, here's my offer to purchase. I'll pay you this amount of money. But if you've got another offer in your hand, I'll increase my offer over that offer up to a maximum of this. Well, here's a here's an escalation clause that a sharp uh, agent was able to see and pull out some problems. This one reads, the offer to purchase that the um, that the agent wrote was dated on March 25th, 2018. It says, if the seller currently possesses a bona fide offer or receives a new offer prior to midnight on March 25th with a net price equal to or higher than 349, then the buyer would increase their purchase price. So a smart agent looks at this and says, let me read this word for word. Well, first of all, the only offer that's in play against this offer is any offer that was received prior to midnight on March 25th. Well, let's say today's March 26th, okay? This offer came in yesterday and they're saying, I'm only gonna compete with offers that you, the seller has in hand that are dated up to last night. Well, let's say we don't look at offers or we're not going to do anything with the offers until March 27th. Any offer that comes in on March 26th, March 27th, they're not competing with, right? Well, if, if an owner accepts this offer and thinks that this $349,900 purchase price will go up to $355,000 if I've got another offer in my hand for three hundred and fifty-four. dollars 
and that offer came in on March 26th, it's not competing. So an owner who accepts this offer and says, here, here's the other offer I got, you got to beat this. They then look at this and go, well, first of all, you got that offer on March 26th, so that doesn't count. Well, let's say you got an offer that you did get on March 25th, but I'm not competing with your with your purchase price on these other offers. I'm only competing with the net of those other offers, not the net of my offer, right? So what's interesting about this is if you don't read this and you don't dissect it right down to the to the nuts and bolts and the seller accepts this, they may end up being committed to an offer to purchase that's less money than one that they that they had in their hands. So an agent who is able to show to an owner that this is the kind of things that's out there. These are the kind of things that are going to come along. These are the kind of things that I can protect you with because I have the knowledge. I have the experience. I can show you how we can protect you from getting trapped into something like this. In this next example that I have for you, this is just a standard purchase agreement and it's an appraisal contingency. And as this appraisal contingency is written, and you may see something like this in, in your offers too, this offer is contingent upon the buyer and the buyer's lender having the property appraised. This contingency is satisfied unless the buyer notifies the seller that they've received an appraisal value indicating that the appraised value is less than the purchase price. You know, this actually means that if the appraised value is $100 less than the purchase price, the buyer can renegotiate. Okay. An agent, a smart agent who catches this will make sure that the seller doesn't lock themselves into this kind of an agreement without having some provision in the offer that allows them to adjust the purchase price before the buyer can just walk away. Everything in an offer to purchase is negotiable. And we Experienced agents and inexperienced agents can get locked into looking at an offer to purchase and thinking, well, these types of things are normally paid by the seller. In some markets, the buyer pays the pro rata share of property taxes. In other markets, it's customary that the seller pays property taxes from the first of the year to the date of closing. Well, forever in our market, it went without question that we're just going to agree, accept the idea that the offer to purchase is going to include a provision that the seller pays their property taxes from January 1st through the date of closing. Well, all things that are in an offer to purchase are negotiable. One idea that an agent can bring to an owner to increase their net, to protect their equity, is 
to negotiate where the buyer pays the property taxes from the first of the year through the date of closing. This is especially useful in an offer that doesn't include a financing contingency. In, a, in an offer to purchase where the buyer is going to pay cash to purchase the property, shifting traditional expenses that are paid by the seller over the buyer side allows the seller to increase their net. When we get Let's say we're going to close at the end of February. Here in Wisconsin, we're talking about paying two months of property taxes. But as the year goes on, can you imagine property taxes on a $500,000 property uh, by the end of um, by the by the end of August could be $8,000, right? So catching these types of things and giving the seller options, opportunities to move these expenses from their side of the closing statement to the buyer side of the closing statement are easy ways for a seller to increase their increase their profit. That's my alarm to tell me that we've reached 30 minutes. What I'd like to get across today is that this in the next few days, you can raise your level of knowledge of the offer to purchase and the contingencies by simply taking your offer to purchase, going through it line by line, looking at it from the seller's perspective and identifying the trips and the traps and the things that are buried in an offer and that maybe not so necessarily, not, no, not so much buried, but finding those things in the offer that are negotiable and are things that should be highlighted and brought to the attention of the seller to show them that these are the types of things that you can protect them from. These are the types of things that aren't going to be discussed in an, in an appointment with other agents because they don't necessarily think they have to they have to have this conversation. But by taking the time to know our purchase agreements and not just our purchase agreements, but also the addenda that come in from other companies, taking their contingencies that that they have on their addenda, dissecting those contingencies and finding the flaws, finding the trips and the traps and the, and the things that are in those contingencies that are going to put the seller in a precarious position and being able to show them that we can protect them from the losses to their equity and the losses to their security and to the loss of their smooth transaction. Three points to wrap up with is thinking in terms before going into an appointment or as we prepare to have conversations with potential homeowners is we want to change the conversation from how long we've been in the business or how many transactions that we've done in their neighborhood to the conversation of focusing on their profit and their security. We want to be able to discover the problems that the client says are problems. Getting away from assuming that this is going to be a problem for them and that's going to be a problem, but getting to the point of having that conversation where they're explaining to us what they see as problems and then demonstrating our ability and our knowledge to be the solution to the problems. If 
What I'd like to do is invite you, if you'd like to stick around um, after, after we wrap up, if you'd like to stick around for a little bit longer and chat with me about anything specific um, that you, any questions that you have, um, I'll stick around. But also keep my contact information. If you would like to take your offer to purchase or addenda that you see that come in from other companies with their contingencies and, and talk to me about those, I'd love to take a look at those with you and help you identify some of the trips and the traps that you can find and that you can bring to the attention of potential clients and show them your knowledge, your strength, your ability to help guide them or your ability to guide them from here to wherever they're going and get there safely. I thank you for giving me 30 minutes of your time today. Um, again, my contact information is here. Please feel free to reach out to me and uh, I'd love to chat with you. So we'll wrap up now. And if anybody wants to stick around, let me know. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Lexi. Good luck Bye. on Sunday. <laughs> Thanks. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.